Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast, with your hosts, Jane Prater, Peter Haight, and Ryan Seed. Perfect Organism is the only exclusive alien podcast of its kind, with our official discussion group, the Weyland-Yutani Bulletin. Check it out. Independently targeting particle beam failings. Fry half the city with this puppy. We got tactical smart missiles, base plasma pulse rifles, RPGs. We got sonic electronic ball breakers. We got nukes. We got knives, sharp sticks. Knock it off, Hudson. All right, gear up. Was there an alien on board? Yes. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. Yeah. Charles, please, open up! I can't do this with anything. Infectional. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. This is episode 40, um, a bit of a milestone episode. I am your host, J.M. Prater, and this is... Ryan Zane. How's it going, guys? And uh, Peter is on hiatus from the show for a bit. He's just getting settled uh, in his new in the, his new state, in his new life. Um, he will be back with us when things are up and running on his end. So for now, it's just me and Ryan. Um, this week we wanted to to dive a little bit more into the trailer for Alien Covenant. We kind of gave a reaction last time and talked about reaction, which was a little bit confounding and frustrating and um, odd and exciting and disappointing and all sorts of things. Um, yeah. So we're here to just kind of talk about the trailer kind of moment by moment, what we're seeing first. Um, so we're just going to kind of get right into it, and I'm going to press play, and you're not going to hear it, on everyone else's end, but uh, we'll just kind of talk about what we're seeing and uh, what, how we feel about what we're seeing. So, yes, if you're ready, mm-hmm. Ryan, let's go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, let's get started for sure. Oh, uh, so the first scene is um, kind of a pan up or a pan down. Um, yeah. I think it's an up from the floor uh, mm-hmm. into a hallway, a very dark hallway, and you hear this banging and you hear someone screaming. Right. Um, and the camera work is a lot like the camera work from Alien. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice slow shot. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, you know, when, at the beginning of Alien, when these, when the camera's slowly panning around the, uh, the Nostromo, um, kind of showing the hallway, showing the, this kind of emptiness almost to it. Yes. It's kind of, yeah. It's almost a, a little bit of a dread, like, you know, something is, you know, this place isn't quite, it isn't quite safe, you know, it isn't quite, uh, there's something uncomfortable about it, just the environment, um, and you're not sure what to expect, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I got the same kind of feeling from that, you know, that slow shot up towards the long hallway, um, and I also thought it was really interesting in the, uh, the blood stains there on the ground, um, and at first when I saw it, it looked like just normal handprints. But yes. you kind of look again, yes. and they're not. It looks they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's uh, like a, a 
Xeno handprint, or if it's almost like some like a mutated form of someone that's yeah. not quite right. But um, I, I wonder if this shot is different. Is a different part of the movie than what was the very next scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is. But, yeah. Uh, but it's just very. Uh, it's just this right away. It's this feeling of dread. Like okay, this is going to be. Um, and you hear yeah, that with that pounding in the down the end of the hallway, someone yelling, I mean, right off the bat, you know, like, there's going to be some, some terror and some, some fright and just some really, um, really scary moments in this movie. Um, Absolutely. And they're not, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, Prometheus, like, is this alien movie? It's not, you know, now it's for sure this is, this is what, you know, this isn't going to be an alien film. It's going to be scary again. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah. I think uh, some of that, uh, some like because you hear sounds of what it sounds seems like that guy who's in who, who we end up seeing in the medical bay or wherever that is the infirmary or mm-hmm. whatever it, wherever it is he is. It sounds like you're hearing him, but it could also be some editing um, where yeah. it, it is two separate scenes. One scene is the aftermath because it looks like whatever is happening has run away because you're right. right. The hands they look like elongated feet print or elongated hands or something crawling on its hands which would be really creepy to be honest with you right, yeah. um, if they have some kind of weird thing crawling on its hands kind of writhing yeah. away um, but yeah it's it's a really really great setup um, yeah I love it and the next scene is the camera kind of running through the corridor and then it mm-hmm. kind of pans over to the girl I think her might name her name might be Ferris um, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that scene is very reminiscent to me of uh, Alien. Um, it feels like Ripley running down the corridor of the Nostromo. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then here we go. You know, the scene is set up where yeah, um, she you know she's at a window and there's a woman, another woman uh, behind the window, and she's in the infirmary with this man who's convulsing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, you know, something's happening, and we see his back looking weird, and, uh... Yeah. Uh, it's quite interesting, and it's quite terrifying, to be honest with you. Um, and it was a very... Yeah. In- it's a very interesting, um... It's an interesting... I know we talked about this a little bit before, but, you know, they just kind of threw it right at us, right in the, right in the beginning of this teaser. Hey, you're in yeah. this. This is what you're getting. Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost like you asked for it, here it is. Um, right. And yeah, uh, it's it's crazy, and I love. I just I, we talked about this before, but uh, I love the terror, the sheer terror on these women's faces. I have not seen that legitimately in a film probably since either Aliens or Sigourney Weaver in Alien Three. That real sheer terror. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was, um, you know, just really blown away by right off the bat. Was they? Yeah, they just looked horrified. Like they just don't know what to do. They're they're trembling. You can hear in their voice. I mean, this is this is legit. I yeah. mean, this isn't. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't think of a film where it was really. I felt this level of, uh, of terror from the characters in a really long time. And um, and yeah, it just it harkens back to Alien and Aliens, um, which would, which was done just to pretty much a masterful effect. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just great, great to see that, you know, so, and yeah, I wasn't sure what was going, I mean, um, yeah, you see the guy convulsing and you you get the first shot of his back and it almost looked like there was some kind of, 
like glow to it. Like you can see a rib cage kind of pushing yeah. against his back, but there's yeah. some kind of like um, unearthly quality to it. It's yeah. just uh, like, very awkward. Like trans transmutation or or exactly yeah that he yeah. his body was not just experience experiencing uh what we are what is being told that is called a backburster but uh yeah something's happening to his body as well at the same time right um mm -hmm. like yeah there is this glow like almost a blue kind of odd glow to it Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's freaky shit. It really, really is. Yeah. I, mean, I wasn't yeah. scared to see it. Um, I think once we see the film and it's building up, um, it, it's going to be a whole different story, you know, just to kind of the right, level of yeah. dread that we're going to see. Um, but uh, just that woman trapped in that, that you know, the room with her, you know, I, we don't really know what her relationship with this man is. If it's her right, husband, yeah. if it's her, just her co-worker. Um, we're hearing yeah. that there are couples aboard the, the Covenant and... Uh, yeah, but uh, just she and she's like, let me out, please let me out. And the other girl, right. like, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but you, at the same time, you see this look on her face that she's so concerned. You know, mm -hmm. she's like, I'm sorry. Like she's so sorry she can't do it. But she's like, right. Yeah. Um, it, it's just it's it's a really really great moment. And really, to be honest with you, I love that they put this in the trailer. Um, yeah. That's um, awesome. And we know we know that someone's gonna die. Anyways, it's an alien film. Someone's gonna die. Wait, um, really? So, yeah, and I, I'm okay with them no. spoiling that. You know, I really am. Like, I, I, I'm okay with them kind of spoiling that a little bit. But at the same time, I also realize there's probably other things that are gonna happen in, in the film that we don't know. Other people who are gonna die that we don't yeah. know, or people who are gonna live that we don't know. You know? Uh, yeah, I think the other alien trailers showed people that were like gonna die or about to die. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Um, from what I remember and yeah, I don't think there's much complaint about that. So yeah. um in fact yeah, so. yeah. I think with the original um, Alien, the trailer for Aliens, I think the original, the long, the there's the, not the teaser, but the theatrical trailer showed the woman um, who they find in the hive. Oh yeah. She's like, please kill me. And she <laughs> yeah. starts convulsing in the trailer. So this right. is nothing new. Um, right, yeah. And to touch on the backburster for a little bit, someone said, why a backburster? Why is it going through its back? It's a lot of work. Um, right, yeah. But my thing is, so is breaking through a sternum. Um, right, yeah. Not, unless, unless it's coming out like the actual stomach portion of the, pers of, of the human, it's not going yeah. to be easy. Um, yeah. And how's this thing supposed to know? Like, it's not <laughs> that intelligent. Like, it's oh, wait, like, wait. Let me back up. Let me back yeah. up. Oh, let, let me, me go out to the down throat. Here. Oh, yeah. man, this is a soft spot. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, come on. Like, this thing is, is a brand new or creature. It's just, uh, just going to pop out where it grows. Yeah. I mean, and that's what one part of the movie that just scares me to some, there's some deep cores, this idea of something that could grow and pop out of my body just yeah. from anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, ball burster, you know, like, <laughs> people are just like, Oh God. I mean, you think like neck out of your forehead. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. knows? I yeah. mean, this thing, that just, that just scares me too. Uh, I've always had this kind of, this deep fear of like body horror yeah. type of movies. And just this idea of your body mutating or giving, giving birth in some grotesque way um, to something, some horrifying creature. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And yeah, just this idea that, yeah, it could burst out your back. It could come out of anywhere. Um, that just, yeah, oh man, that just really gets to me. Yeah. I see that. And I just think that's a, just a brilliant idea to incorporate in an alien film. Um, and it, for it, sure. Yeah, and I, I really think, I, I totally agree. Um, I, they're, they're, mm -hmm. it, it's terrifying to have some kind of foreign object in um, in your body that mm -hmm. you have no control over. And it, it also, that's kind of what the stock that Alien trades in a little bit, um, the fact that, uh, or this idea of kind of space rape and, un and yeah. unwanted pregnancy, also men kind of dealing with that idea that they're giving birth to something that they have no choice of. Of course, it's mm -hmm. going to kill you. Of course, when women, obviously, right. when, when women give birth, 98% of the time, uh, the, do it, that process doesn't kill them. Um, right. Yeah. Um, but it deals with this idea that this is an experience that we don't have as men. Um, yeah. And what that would mean in your body kind of expanding and contracting to kind of make room or to yeah. allow this thing to to come out. And of course, an alien, it's there is no that's you know it's not natural what's happening. Um, but also at the same right. time, uh, to to pivot back a little bit um, in terms of body horror, if you look at nature and you look at there's plenty of 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 uh, like for instance, I was watching a documentary on rats. Um, yeah. Um, on Netflix recently, and uh, I can't remember the name of the guy who directed it. He's a famous guy. Um, mm -hmm. But they had caught this rat, this big old rat, and they were doing a um, biopsy on it or whatever. Right. And, uh, there looked like this big tumor under its skin. It was not a tumor under its skin. It was a larva. And the larva was Ugh. huge. Just Ugh. living under the skin. The, 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 the fly had 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 implanted an egg under this rat's skin and as they were i mean the woman who discovered it i mean she was visibly disgusted Whoa. and they put the thing in a, in a bottle and and whatever that stuff that they put it in um but this larva was huge and it was terrifying Ugh. it was it was it was gross it really even the, i hate the word larva first of all yeah <laughs> that's an awful word um it's like more it's like the word moist. Yeah, it's not a good word. moist or panties. <laughs> I hate those words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but oh man, it's, yeah, it's, that, just, that just creeps me out. That's just all kinds of milk, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, and right. you think you hear about stories all the time? Maybe not all the time, but enough where people have tapeworms in their intestines, mm -hmm. or you know, they have these long things, or you've seen those videos where those spiders. Are dying, mm -hmm. or the praying mantis? Have you seen that video? And then, uh, you after the thing has died, you see this. It looks like a six foot long, whatever kind of parasite exit out this tiny Ugh. little bug's body. Ugh. I can't. Ugh. I have goosebumps yeah. right now just talking about that. Yeah, um, yeah. And this, but yeah. this is really what Alien is about. Um, mm -hmm. And these in 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 the natural world, um, uh, these parasites will come out wherever they can. They don't. Right. They don't pick and choose. Um, I think we're used to the alien kind of the alien life cycle of chest bursters are coming out of your chest. Um, yeah. And now maybe um, eventually the um, the the embryo or the embryo of the of the chest burster kind of um, got used to the human life cycle, and so babies usually come out. You know, the belly. I mean, yeah. Babies, yeah. babies are born vaginally, but. Uh, the the uh, the chest bird just it just kind of 
evolved a little bit and realized that was the, you know, and, and it learned and it realized that's the easiest way to come out was through the chest as yeah. opposed to the back. Um, I think it basically, um, since it was, since the host is impregnated through the throat, it probably grows gestates inside, inside the stomach. It's yeah. already got acid for blood, so it's pretty much resistant to stomach acid. That's pretty much where it bursts out is the, the stomach or yeah. lower esophageal area. Um, yeah. But um, but uh, thing that came to mind is um, talking about you know these things that um, this birthing uh, that's or this uh, for men this idea of giving birth um, almost this almost reminds me of some kind of maybe not reverse abortion but in some way it's yeah. like yeah. now now the, the adult does not have control yeah. in the in the say yeah. and it's the and it's the baby is the one that you know. Um, it's going to yes know, it's like you're trying to kill decide. me i'm killing you yeah yeah exactly yeah um and uh you know um and just one point not like get, get into like an abortion debate but just you know just the thought of that is just really interesting to me just this idea that now the adult is not now the adult is at the mercy of the the baby yeah. you know and now and that just that creeps me out even more. It's like, oh man, you know, now, now it has, you know, now it has control over the situation. And it's, and you know, most, and most likely, I'm going to die. I don't think. Uh, um, well, yeah, the, the person is going to die. <laughs> There's no, yeah. no way around that. Yeah, but yeah. This, uh, I just thought that was really interesting. Oh, uh, so, totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, and I, you know, I've always been fascinated with reproduction as a child, just kind of mm -hmm. babies and animals having babies. It's just fascinating. The process, really, it's the process of new life and what right. that means. I mean, I remember I had a cat and I watched my cat give birth um, mm -hmm. and it was fascinating. Her, her babies came out in these like strange little pods and she had to chew it off. Um, oh, and you know, most, you know, most babies or whatever are born in those types of membranes type things. Even we are, right. you know, um, mm -hmm. and there's been, there's a, a video going around Facebook showing a, uh, doctors, um, removing, um, a baby from the mother that was still in utero. And you, it just was sitting in there in the, in the, in the liquid. And it was amazing. It was amazing to see. Oh, um, wow. And of course, in yeah. alien, this is a reverse of that. This is a uh, reproduction gone wrong. This is, right. we're taking over your body, you're dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. It reminds me of this one thing that Sigourney Weaver, or Ripley says in Alien Resurrection, which is, of course, a film that we don't really discuss. Film that, what movie is that? I know. I it's like, a, it's like a, yeah. a, a parody expanded <laughs> universe film that they made yeah, like yeah. 20 years ago now. Actually, this year film, is the 20-year right? anniversary yeah. of <laughs> Alien Resurrection. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. I know. Can you believe yeah. it? Um, but uh, in the film... Sigourney Weaver, or you know Ripley, she goes. It's when they meet um, that one character uh, played by Leland Orser. He's in some yeah. room that they open the door, and he's. I think everybody's dead around him, and he's alive. And, and yeah, he was like, "What's going on?" She was like, "You have an alien inside you, yeah. and it's going to burst its way through your rib cage, and you're going to die." Um, yeah. And I like that moment actually in the film. It was yeah. really, it was like Ripley, like no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not your mommy. Like there's no newt. Yeah. 
Um, like this is what's going <laughs> to happen to you. It. Yeah, yeah, no sugar coating it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but of course, that was more of a parody film. It really is. Alien Resurrection People is a parody fucking film. That's what it is. <laughs> 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 With a couple of good performances, one by Sigourney Weaver. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, every, yeah, pretty much everything but the uh, the clone room scene, you know, is just yeah, it's just a bad movie, yeah, yeah, but anyway. it's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's awful. Although it's, it's got some great visuals for sure, beautiful, it does, beautiful yeah, visuals, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so the next scene on um is uh. It's Ferris running down the hallway, running away. What well, it looks like it's running away, and then you see the woman who was in the room, up against the show on the shelf or on a chair with like a knife out, like screaming, like whatever's happening yeah. to the man. And there's a, a point with this whatever's happening to him, you can see something plowing through its skin, like there's some type of spike or something. Um, yeah, I mean it's quite, it's quite. Um, Gruesome, what's happening to him. Um, it's graphic, yeah. You're not seeing any blood, though. That's the interesting thing. And I think maybe, I don't know, you're not seeing much blood. Um, there was a squirt. I saw, like, a little blood squirt. Oh, really? Um, come out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm guessing in the film it's going to be even more graphic. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just terrifying. You can, and at that point, obviously, he stopped convulsing. He's probably dead. And now it's just breaking the the back of the, you know, the vertebrae just yeah. trying to burst its way out. Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, just, excuse me, creeps thinking about it. So <laughs> yeah, it, it was, can't and, wait to see it. Though, yeah. man, and there's, be, uh, and there's rumors of other ways that these bursters are coming through to as well, right. uh, in the film. And just thinking about that makes me a little bit sick, actually in my throat. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll discuss that uh, later, uh, probably when the film opens, because we don't want to spoil what we think might be happening. We don't. I'm trying to stay away from spoilers myself. I know a few things here and there. I like to get an mm -hmm. overall impression um, of the film. Like I know that the film was screened for a test audience not too long ago, and one of the people, mm -hmm. a couple of the people from the test audience, posted, of course, online what they thought. Spo spoilerific. I didn't read any of it, but I did ask yeah. our friend Aaron Percival. Um, I asked him what the over, the general consensus was because I'm interested, and he said yeah. actually the general consensus is that it's really good. Um, yeah, and that's what I wanted to hear. I mean, not what I wanted to. I mean, yeah, I want to hear it's good for sure. Um, I'm also mm -hmm. if it's bad too, I, 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 I or it's it's disappointing. I want to I want to hear that too. I don't really want to hear that, but <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. You want a good. I mean, you want every all of you know good or bad to be heard about it, um, you know, just so you get, like, a balanced view. But if it's all, everyone comes out and it's, they say it's great, I mean, that's that's awesome to hear, you know. Totally. Um, and that's what I gathered from um, some of the the tweets or comments from people who saw the, the not only the trailer, but the test footage, and, um, like, man, this movie is going to be gruesome, gory, intense, yep. um, and it's going to be awesome. And, uh that just got me even more excited about it. So absolutely, yeah. totally, and mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm not a gore fan per se. Um, I, I don't mm -hmm. like gore. Um, I don't like gruesome, but I do. It's in 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 the context of Alien. This is this is what it is to be an Alien film. This includes rough chest bursters or whatever, or the idea you're being kind of raped in the mouth by this. 
the space hugger. I mean, it's gross. It's, it is gruesome stuff, you know. I mean, even in mm -hmm. Prometheus, that scene where the um, what's that thing called? The long white thing. I can't I always forget uh, the The hammerpede, yeah. Where you see yeah, the hammerpede yeah. going down the throat of that guy, and that was sick. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. it was really sick because you. Uh, yeah. It was just gross. Um, right. Yeah. But this mm -hmm. is what this is what it is, and. But I want to address something that I think yeah. that I've seen written in a few pieces, like by Bloody Disgusting and other places. And mm -hmm. um, in the as they're talking about the trailer for Alien Covenant or the footage that was screened, they'll cite and they'll say, "Oh well, you know uh, the 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 uh, criticism about Prometheus was that it didn't have the alien tropes in it and it wasn't very alien." And um, actually. The criticism of Prometheus had nothing to do with what the creatures. The criticism yeah. for Prometheus was the characters were poorly written, uh, the, there was huge plot holes, and the dialogue was terrible, and you really there was no one to root for except for David, but I don't know if you're really rooting for David. Right. Uh, I didn't hear, yeah. I have never heard from one person, oh, there wasn't enough alien in it. Um, yeah. What I've heard from people was... They were promoting it. Oh, well, is it, it's not really an alien film, is it? Is it? Is it? And this kind of cagey, coming from Damon, Lindel, Damon Lindelhoff and other people, like this kind of cagey, un, they're not answering what they're answering. Um, and the, that's the criticism about Prometheus. Um, it had nothing yeah. to do with the alien tropes, because the honest truth is, if it's a solid story, um, and if it's, if it, if it's, an interesting story that's well acted, that's got great dialogue, that's drawing us in, where we're rooting for the people. We'll take whatever you give us if you do it right. well. That the problem yeah. with Prometheus had nothing to do with the alien tropes. The problem with Prometheus was that it was poorly written. End right. of story. I mean, that's coming from everyone. And you know, there's, yeah. obviously, there's people who love it, and even the people who love Prometheus or they or they really like it, they'll be the first to say there were some problems with the characters in this, and we agree. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah. I just want to kind of set set that record straight um, mm -hmm. for because I feel like these news outlets or these movie news outlets pick up on this this kind of this thing. Maybe Fox threw it out there. I don't really know who who started that, but it's just not the case, um, right? And I really and I've said this before um, in posts on our page. I don't a good alien film, and a good alien film isn't good because of gore. A good alien film isn't good because of chestbursters or faceburgers, faceburgers, <laughs> chestbursters or facehuggers or <laughs> ew, faceburgers. That's disgusting. <laughs> Your face might end up being a burger if you're not careful. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, none of those things, none of those tropes, not even the alien, the presence of the alien, makes it a good film. What make what makes the alien films? What when we think of alien or aliens or even Alien Three, but let's talk about the first two because really those mm -hmm. first two are the the two people talk about the most. Um, right. What do we think about? What do you think about when you think about those films? I well, I mean, like I mean, like you said, the things that were wrong with or the things that went bad with Prometheus, um, or the things that were right in in Aliens and Alien was the the characters. I mean, you could really identify them. You felt for them. You felt that fear and terror. Um, and because I would feel that way in those situations, and um, you know, and I. I identify with Ripley. I I'm inspired by by her courage and her willingness to, to lead and take charge. And I, I um, you know and I can you know in the fear of people like like Hudson or 
Lambert or those that just, you know, they're in this, they just don't know what to do and they're terrified. And, you know, that's, that's a big thing I identify with those movies is that I, I can relate to the people in them. They're real people to me. Um, and if, if it's, if they don't have that in covenant, that's going to really hurt the film a lot. Because I think that's common for, um, for the, you know, the best movies in the series is, um, people you can identify with. I mean, that just goes for any great film. Um, you know, you, you understand, you know, you can relate to the characters. Um, and, uh, and obviously, you know, the story, the stories are great too. Um, you know, and alien and aliens, very simple stories. Um, when you just, you know, um, very, with a lot of layers, but overall, I mean, fairly simple plots. Um, but really it's the characters, it's, uh, it's a setting, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, this idea of exploration and yeah. that just appeals to me so much about, you know, science fiction is, um, you know, kind of going to unknown places and discovering new things, um, whether beautiful or terrifying, um, cause that can very much, you know, as man, mankind itself kind of moves to exploring, you know, our, you know, as we develop faster ways to get, you know, around the galaxy or whatever, you know, um, we'll probably end up discovering things in areas yep. that are yep. going to be both beautiful and and terrifying at the same time. And um, there's so many things I can identify with with those movies that um, that really touches me on a lot of different levels. So yeah, absolutely, um, yeah, totally. I mean, I did, yeah, I didn't want to say. Um, yeah, and I totally agree with you about like gore with and stuff like that. The alien films, I mean, and the tropes as well. I mean, the ADP movies had plenty of tropes, yeah. um, and they were just absolute garbage, especially yeah. ADP Requiem. Um, and even that one, I got some mild entertainment out because I went in thinking it was going to be, you know, the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, <it was> like, <laughs> and it was almost so. <laughs> yeah, it was close. But yeah, yeah. Like uh, just a notch above. Yeah. Like, okay, I got some some entertainment value out. But but yeah, tons of tropes, tons of gore, and absolute trash. So yeah, you just have to. Um, I think uh, when you know, with the writers, I, and I think the writers for this new film understand that, that it's not just about tropes and gore and cussing and all that stuff. It's about, you know, the characters, about the story. Yeah. It's about um, identifying with, having an audience identify with what's going on and feel that terror, feel that dread, but, um, but also root for these characters to overcome these, um, these obstacles, overcome this, um, you know what's in front of them, and try and work together, and make and make as smart decisions as possible in the in the moment of uh, fear. You know, so yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. vibing, and you know, I I think about really when uh, I I think about the the Alien series, it's strength of character. First thing that comes to my head, um, my loyalty to Ripley, my loyalty mm-hmm. to Vasquez, my um. Th- how I'm rooting for Newt, how I'm rooting for, you know, Ripley and Lambert and Parker towards the end of Alien. Um, right. And it's their banter, the way that they get along. That's what interests me. That's what that's what resonates with me. Everything oh. else is cool and neat, but they, it doesn't um, 
It doesn't say they're not. It's not a good film because of those things. Um, mm-hmm. Alien isn't a good film because of um, the presence of the of the space jockey. Alien is a good right. film because of how it uses the presence of the space jockey and that yeah. exploration and discovery of it. Um, yeah. And uh, that's that's what comes to mind. And we've kind of talked about these things, at least Peter and I, throughout the, almost two years. We're coming up on our two year anniversary. Right. Yeah. Um, We've talked about things here and there similar to this, but I just really think it's really important um, as we approach, now that we're in 2017, um, May is coming up, um, and yeah. in, uh, it's it'll probably be here pretty quickly, um, but just to re- remember what why these films resonate with us, and to, I want to use the word demand, and I, I it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, polarizing word perhaps but just really mm-hmm. as, as fans of demand hey no we want substance don't give us mm-hmm. don't give us um like the ice cream and the candy give us substance and then add the ice cream and the candy in there because it'll make the substance yes. much more better much better um yeah. and the substance is quality acting the substance yeah. is qu- well-written characters who we root for and i i have a feeling that we're going to get that like there and we'll get to it eventually but uh there's a scene in the trailer where uh you see um and maybe we talked about this before but you know like like everything else i'll talk about it again right Um, yeah there's a scene of of um what's his name uh what's that actor's name uh who's friends with james franco no no oh um Oh my gosh, it's one blank on it. Yeah, uh, um, I see his face. I see his name, but uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I know you talked about. Yeah, um, but yeah, so he's yeah. he has a, a cowboy hat on in the trailer. But there's a scene where you the camera pans to his face, and his look like he's been crying, or his eyes are watering, and he is disturbed. Um, yeah, he, he is upset, and I was like. I, I in that qu- quick moment, I wanted to know what's it, what's what's wrong with him, what's going on. I, right. He sold it to me. He sold it in that moment, um, and that's what excites me the most about a new Alien film is, um, you know, rooting for the characters. And hopefully, this is the film that really, really, truly writes the ship. Um, yeah, Danny McBride. There Danny McBride. That's <laughs> right. James Franco's bestie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone listening got that like a long time ago. Yeah, like, come on, guys. <laughs> I know. Seriously, <laughs> we're thinking about so many things and talking about so many things so quickly that it's, you can't remember <laughs> yeah. everything. And whenever I do a podcast episode, I, I, I I'm processing so much information and talking right, at the yeah. same time. I just blank all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. So let's get back to the trailer. Oh, whoops! Yeah. I'm turn the sound down again. And so now the next picture, the next series of images as an eye and then you see a figure walking like in this great expanse it almost reminds me of the pod from prometheus um yeah the little lifeboat thing yeah, yeah. Um, pod or something um and there's a, a guy sitting on a chair it looks like and then there's another darker figured guy walking up on him and um right the guy in the chair could be walter it could be david we're not really sure um, and, uh, they kind of look at each other and you hear that music, uh, nature boy. And they say nature boy, by the way, isn't a Bowie, fi- uh, a song by Bowie. Nature boy oh, okay. is a song by, um, Nat King Cole, um, oh, interesting. that Bowie okay. r- later r- redid. So let's, it's oh, not a Bowie cool. song, okay. people. It's not a Bowie song. Bowie just made yeah. it famous, but Nat King <laughs> Cole made it famous first. Um, yeah. so let's give credit where credit's yeah. due. Although I love right, Bowie. Yeah. Bow down to Bowie for sure. Just letting everybody yes. know. Yes. Um, just bow, bow lower to that King Cole. So. Um, <laughs> and I like this. I like this image here because it, it 
It's a little bit, um, you don't really know what's happening. It's Of course, it's very epic. It's very expansive. Um, there's probably a lot maybe psychologically that's going on in this image in terms of creators sitting at the expanse of creation or, or creation, yeah. creation, looking at creation, man's creation, staring at God's creation, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, um, that's a little bit, that's a little interesting thing to kind of keep toy with. Like what is man's, a robot looking at man, you know, God's creation and how yeah. is that robot processing what it's seeing? Can it process what yeah. it's seeing? Is it sentient? Um, is David sentient? Um, yeah. And there's a it kind might of. Be, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna. Uh, I was gonna say, you know, this might be the basically David um, or Walter coming online for the first time. Yes. And, um, Wayland showing him this this beautiful image. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the very beginning of Prometheus, where you're doing that fly-through during the credits, yeah. and um, right before you meet the engineer that sacrificed itself. And it kind of reminds me of, um, and also where um, you first meet um, Sean Holloway when they're uh, finally discovering that cave. It's yeah. almost like that Isle of Sky in Scotland yeah. kind of image. Um, but just this beautiful shot, and you know, David seeing that and looks at... Um, Wailing with just this awe on his face and wonder, like, what is that? That was beautiful. Um, and I might tie in more. I mean, obviously, that wasn't put in for no reason. I think David wants to be, he sees his creation, he wants to be a creator as well. Yeah. Um, he wants that ability to do that and to deliver that wonder and awe. Yeah. It's just going to go haywire. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to go. Um, but he's just. Yeah, uh, maybe a glitch in programming, or maybe it just—he's intentionally malicious. I don't know. Um, it'll, yeah. be, it'll really be interesting to see. It will be. And you touched on something very kind of psychologically interesting too, in terms of the male of the species. We cannot pre procreate. We can assist in procreation, but we cannot birth our own children. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea that because we don't have that power, we've tried to wield that power or control that power in women. Um, whether it's been laws or whatever. And so now maybe that same sense of, when it's distorted, that sense of, oh, hey, we want control over life. We want control over reproduction. So David, yeah. it's like this glitch in David where he's struggling with the same thing. So David, in his quest to reproduce, um, I don't know if this is the case. This is just speculation on my part. Mm -hmm. Maybe in his quest to kind of reproduce his own creation, he then experiments or I don't think experiments, but like lets things happen to actual humans to see what will this do? What will this make? What will I create right. if I expose this human to this spore or to this thing yeah. or to this thing? And I'm going to look and see. And I'm and it's this kind of crazy glitch in his system, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think he's still trying to follow Wayland's um, command or basically his desire to find more life yeah. and I think he's still even though Wayland's gone now um, David has taken it upon himself to continue that journey and continue that mission and uh, and it's just uh, but you know at the expense of you know human life and you know maybe he looks at it as a greater good to sacrifice some people to try and figure this thing out and um, 
you know. Um, so yeah, it's just very interesting. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the setup. Uh, I mean, I've heard a couple things about that scene. Uh, at the piano, and it's interesting too because you see a piano, and it's a piano is, of course, it's an instrument of music. It's also mm-hmm. an instrument of creation where you're creating music. Um, right. And mm-hmm. if you don't know how to play a piano correctly, you, you it it's going to sound different. So there's I read into stuff like this. So um, mm-hmm. if you know, uh, maybe David has been taught how to play correctly, and I'm not just talking about a piano. Um, who knows though? Who knows? Uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, Alien Covenant takes place ten years after the events of Prometheus. Who knows what David has become? Um, who knows right. where wh- whether his programming is where he can continue to learn and adapt? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's very very interesting. Um, and it's interesting. I even think about like the parallels between the droids in the Alien universe and the replicants in the Blade Runner universe. And of course, yeah. in the Alien universe, when the droids get pulled apart or destroyed, you see all their gears or everything. Um, mm-hmm. But I was just thinking, just watching Blade Runner recently, and I'm curious if replicants are actual droids or are they just bioengineered humans? I don't know if I know that. I don't know if they are robots. May Are they? Yeah. Um, I think they are. Um, yeah. Where they have organic a, qualities to them, or organic portions to who they are, like their eyes, and um, and uh, even Roy Batty says in Blade Runner, he goes, "We're not computers, Sebastian. We're flesh and blood." Um, yeah. So, but how much flesh and blood? And I, I'm curious mm-hmm. if the droids in Blade Runner or Alien are similar. You know. Anyways, yeah, that's stuff that I ponder. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. I um, it's been a little, it's been a while since I've seen Blade Runner, but from from what I know, I mean, I don't know if any of them have been opened up or or anything in the in the film, but they are, I feel like they're even more human like. Yes. Um, than the the Waylands, um, you know, artificial persons as bishops like to be called, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's almost it's even harder to. I mean, they how people kind of identify replicants and Blade Runners by that kind of glow in the eye, um, you know, that even uh, yes. Deckard had, I yeah. think, in one shot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but, you know, the, uh, the Wayland Utani uh, synthetic, uh, synthetics, they have, um, you know, the white milk-like blood. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, you open it up, and it's a lot of... It seems kind of organic, but also very artificial at totally. the same time. But replicants are harder. I mean, you have to run a whole weight comp test to kind of figure out if they're, you know, replicants or human beings. Um, yeah. So it's a little harder to uh, tell those apart. Um, but I think that's kind of where, um, I don't know, I, and, you know, if, if the universes are, you know, to get, a, you know, connected by, I guess they are connected. Um you know, the Blade Runner movies take place quite a bit before the Alien films. Sure. Um, so I'm kind of interested um, why Wayland went that direction. You know, it seemed like Blade Runner, maybe, Blade, maybe the replicants were too human. Yeah. Maybe there was something too, too close that people got very uncomfortable with. Um, you know, but at the same time, we do want some kind of... Um, Sameness, you know, there's some kind of quality that we connect with. That's why, you know, David had that whole conversation yes. all the way about, yes. you know, you guys made me 
um, designing it this way because you people feel more comfortable interacting with your own kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it's just, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't, I'll see, we'll see if that's explored more in Covenant and even in Blade Runner 2049. So, um, yeah. And I yeah. like those moments too, to be honest with you. And, you know, I, Obviously, and this is nothing anyone's unfamiliar with, there's, uh, Prometheus is polarizing, it is. It polarizes even us to some degree. I mean, Peter, mm -hmm. you and Peter seem to like it a little bit more than I do. As mm -hmm. well, it's hard to watch it for me. But at the same time, that moment, that conversation, I think is a brilliant moment in, in Prometheus where Prometheus then steps a little bit higher from the alien kind of lore and says, no, let's talk about this. Let's talk about why... Um, you got why humans have to make robots that look more human um, because right. it, it makes us comfortable, um, mm -hmm. and that's what it's all about. It's about being comfortable, and uh, that was a really, really fascinating moment to me in Prometheus. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, the other conversation that uh, David has with um, Holloway again, where he's saying, mm -hmm. "What would you do? Um, what would what would you say if you could meet your maker?" Or, 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 right. I don't think that the dialogue in that was specifically well written, and it was an, kind of an awkward scene, and it didn't play itself out well. Right. But the questions those that dialogue asks are is profound. Um, mm -hmm. They're heavy questions, and I think um, I think the best questions like that, um, in, if you look at Blade Runner, it asks them without asking them. Um, right. It hints to them without being so hitting you over the head. Um, but yeah, again, absolutely. I think there, it was a profound question. It was a profound mm -hmm. conversation. Like, well, what would you do if you met God? What would you do? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think any of us can answer that if there is right. God, you know? Um, and I say if, I mean, I believe in a higher power, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. It's fine. Um, right. but really, I, I don't know. I don't know. Or yeah. even if I found out that yes, there is a God, but still there were other beings who helped seed earth. And I, yeah. what would I do if I met them? Um, I don't know what I would do. Um, right. and, uh, there's even in Prometheus, um, David says, everyone's always trying to kill their parents or something like that. And mm -hmm. it was an odd statement because obviously that's not true, but right. yeah. for David, he thinks it's true. Um, right. if any, if anything, all of us are like, no, we want our parents to live forever. Um, right. because we love them and, uh, we don't want to lose them. Um, yeah. but David's idea was like, no, doesn't everybody want to kill their parents? Um, right, and yeah. maybe, maybe that's his own programming. Um, yeah, kind of disturbing. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that was something Waylon intentionally put in him. I, I think it is in some way. Um, you know, um, and, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, the, the purpose behind that, but there's something about, um, but just something about that scene that was very, uh, I don't know, I doubt it was just a throwaway line. It was actually, you know, there was something um, that might carry over into this film that, you know, there's some, you know, but, but actually, because some, some people, let's say if we did meet God, some people want to praise and, um, you know, show love and thankfulness, but there's others, you know, if God does exist and they meet him, they'll have a lot of anger and hatred and a very, upset, you know, or uh, disappointed, um, and I think, you know, um, for a lot of people, maybe, or maybe that's what David was kind of getting at, is this idea we meet our maker, our creator, and we, we loathe this person, yeah. we, we want to destroy it, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, so, 
Yeah, so maybe there'll be more of that tied into um, tied into Alien Covenant. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and so. those profound questions are really. Um, what moved me as well. I mean, and really, to be honest with you, most of those questions I have pondered watching Blade Runner. A lot of that kind mm -hmm. of who are we? What are we? What does it mean to be human? Um, where? What is our place in this world? Um, where do we belong in this world? Um, right. What is God? How? What? How far should we go to be create to be God and create our own humans? Um, right. A lot of those questions Blade Runner asks, and I think those are profound questions. And I think that yeah. kind of. What's happening, especially with Prometheus, is it it's, it pivots to that and says, well, let's ask some bigger questions. Now, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, well, uh, first of all, I don't think that uh, those questions were asked appropriately in Prometheus. I think right. those questions were mired by bad characters. So we didn't mm -hmm. care about those questions because the characters sucked and the dialogue yeah. sucked. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I, but I'm, I'm okay with those bigger questions, truly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also, I also really am interested in, um, the bones of exploration and really what aliens set right. up in terms of, uh, uh, discovering a new culture, discovering a, a new species or a, a burned out ship or whatever, and what that might mean. And it tells us we're not alone in the world. Um, mm -hmm. and you, I, I, if you think about that right, by itself in, in real world, real world terms, if you think mm -hmm. of, if, if we think right now, what if we aren't alone in the world? Seriously, what right. and or we aren't alone in the universe? What would you do if you met or stumbled upon some other being who has who yeah. is on this planet? Um, mm -hmm. Is that possible? It's very possible. Um, yeah, uh, it would be freaky. It would change. Yeah. It would be like uh, we would we would then ask, well, is this? Do they believe in Jesus? You know, like do they believe in Jesus? Like, yeah. like, or or are we our mind to kind of go nuts? Like, but the the idea yeah. that we're not alone in the in the in the universe yeah. uh, is a sobering thought. Um, yeah, because humans live like we are kind of the alpha the alpha species, and everything right. lives to serve us. Um, and yeah. if we met a species were that was like, oh no, uh, we are actually we are we are su supreme to you. Um, right. You yeah. now serve us. Um, can you imagine yeah. what that would do to our own sense of worth? Um, yeah. It would be it would be pretty it would be pretty interesting. Um, and that's yeah. I love that idea. And I, I think Alien even presents that idea. Um, and they meet this you know they they see the space jockey and they're like oh my god they don't even know how to process it so they're like let's right. go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that's yeah, what, that's what that's, I, it's cool. I was just gonna I was thinking of that movie Contact, where they're all kind of sitting around and um, you know, some I think James Woods character says something like, you know, why is it always the uh, impression of the egghead staff that you know extraterrestrial beings are going to be benevolent and kind? And yeah. Joey Foster's character is like, well, I mean, um, you know, they'd have no reason to. It'd be like you know setting fire to an anthill in Africa. And then Tom Skerritt's character says, yeah, and how guilty would we feel if we set fire to an anthill in Africa? You know, it's this idea that, yes. you know, these, these beings, they, you know, they're not, I mean, we can't just anthropomorphize, um, you know, these alien, you know, if there are alien beings out there, I mean, they're going to, they might have a whole different sense of morality. They might have a whole different totally. idea. And they could be far greater than we are. Um, yeah. 
and yeah. they and might not care about wiping us out. This yeah. just wouldn't matter to them. Yeah, um, and it might not even be a sense of oh, we're evil. It's just like we're ants. Who gives a shit? You know. <laughs> yeah, um, <right. laughs> um, yeah. And uh, also, alien. You know, the alien lore. It deals with the idea that. Um, we maybe we are expendable. Maybe we're not all we think we are. You know, right. maybe there are higher species. Um, mm-hmm. And I, one of the things I love about Prometheus, um, and I'll, I'll always talk about what I love about Prometheus, and there are a few things, is the introduction of the engineers. I love the engineers. I think the mm-hmm. design the design was amazing. They were stoic and mysterious. Yeah. I liked their language. You don't really know anything about them. Um, yeah. Now you know there's you know people some people don't like that there was an engineer sitting in the chair. Um, we really right, still don't yeah. know for sure if the space jockey we see at the end of or at the beginning of Alien is actually an engineer in there. We don't know what that could be. Right. It could be something different. Yeah. Um, but, exactly. Uh, I ah now I'm losing my my train of thought. Um, but I, I love the setup of the engineer. I loved mm-hmm. the the lore. I mean, it's like it was this instantly iconic thing. Um, instantly iconic, and I think it was uh, it was really impactful, and it worked. Again, yeah. unfortunately, the film as a whole wasn't really working, so you got these right. moments of brilliance. Um, mm-hmm. But then, towards the end of Prometheus, you have the exact same setup as Blade Runner, where you have Wayland, Peter Wayland, um, in uh, where the engineer just woke up, so the engineer's kind of on a bed, like in Blade Runner, where... Roy Batty and J.F. Sebastian have approached Tyrell, who's sitting on a mm-hmm. bed, and Roy Batty wants more life. But in Prometheus, um, Peter Whalen wants more life. Right, um, yeah. And in Blade Runner, Roy Batty then kills his creator. Um, yes. But in Prometheus, the creator then kills the creation. Um, mm. After he's kind of pondered David. Um, and so it's kind of, he had his hand on his hair, like soft, like, wow, look what you've created. And then it was, oh my God, what have we done? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And then destruction. Um, I I love that moment. I I love that kind of reflection. And that was some good writing for sure. Actually. Um, uh, it could have been done quieter. It could have been probably drawn out a little bit more. It was, uh, but there, the stock that the films are trading in are very, very similar, and they're questions that Ridley Scott has on his mind. What is immortality? Right. What does this mean? And I, I don't, I've heard that Ridley Scott's an atheist. I don't really okay. know. Recently, I, I guess, I think he might be, he might believe in a higher power. There's been a lot of uh, questioning. Like some people have been um, writing off Covenant as because uh, they they've deducted that Ridley Scott is is a creationist, so they're throwing Covenant out right away because, oh, he's a creationist, this doesn't matter. Right. And I kind of stepped into this discussion on the Wayland Utani Bulletin saying, yeah. well, who cares if he's a creationist? And even right. if you're a creationist, it doesn't mean that you believe the way the Bible says it, the world was created. All you're saying is there's something behind the evolutionary process. Something right. sparked it. I mean, I believe in higher power, but I also believe in the fact of evolution. It's just, right. it's, it's but I believe that some something somewhere started it all. Um, yeah. It had to have, because nothing comes from nothing. It doesn't make right. any sense um, that mm-hmm. the stuff in the atmosphere and in the universe and the planets, they're just there. 
Um, mm-hmm. Of course, mo- most of those planets were born from other stars. So right. where did those other stars get born from? And then what started that? Those are the questions that I ponder. Of course, I'm very passionate yeah. right now, people, so hopefully I'm not yelling <laughs> into the thing. But this is what I love about science fiction, good science fiction. Right. And I truly, truly believe that in Prometheus, there is good science fiction there. Um, yes. Again, mm-hmm. it's mired by its, its, its execution. Yeah, exactly. A lot of brilliance in there, but but buried in um, poor dialogue and poor characters, you know. So, uh, and it takes away a, a lot, unfortunately, from the film, which could have been a masterpiece. I really believe that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, it just uh, you know they fouled it up a little bit. Yeah. Or a lot bit. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, overall, I enjoy it. And, yeah, I love the questions and the um, you know the mysteries that. It makes you ponder, and I think that's why it stuck with me for so long, even though I yep. didn't really love the movie, and it's definitely not one of my favorites, that's for sure. It's still, it's one of the movies I think about the most. Yeah. Um, just so, it's just funny. And I mean, maybe because I'm, you know, involved, obviously, with this podcast and Wailing Tony Bolton, I'm, you know, seeing questions and stuff, you know, about Prometheus all the time, Um but, you know, at the same time, I think even if I wasn't, I would still think about that movie a lot. Um, and, uh, and I hope that Covenant's the same way. I just hope it's, um, but I hope it's different in that the characters and dialogue and everything are just, like, you know, at a much higher level and just spot on. Yeah. Because um, that will just make the movie just, you know, absolute masterpiece. Yeah. But, uh, um, anyways, yeah. Well, um, we, I still want to get back to the trailer, but there's yeah. there's always these tangents. Like I keep thinking about, um, uh, I, I, I've been reading and talking with like um, there's there's some people who want Alien Covenant not to be related to P- Prometheus at all. They don't. They didn't like right. the engineers. They didn't like the introduction to the, inter- in the engineers, um, or maybe they didn't like that the engineers was the answer to the the derelict, the space jockey guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can understand that for sure. Maybe it's not exactly what you wanted to see. Although I think that would have been tough to develop right. a creature um, or some type of higher creature um, that people would have liked, because right. because making fans happy. I mean, this is a it's a slippery slope, and I've said this before. I would not want to be Ridley Scott or the people involved in making this film because you got to make a film that serves your own creative purposes, that honors what you want to do as a filmmaker, but you also want to make a film that really excites fans. Um, right, because fans are going to get mad if you serve them too much. But fans are also yes. going to get mad if you if you do to some, something too different. Um, right. And a, a recent a recent comment that I uh, that I responded to that you saw on Facebook, someone said about the trailer, "This looks too much like Alien." <laughs> and I wrote like LOL or something. I was like, seriously, seriously. Oh, so it's too much like Alien. Oh, but that one wasn't enough like Alien. But me and Ryan were talking earlier, and we really, we really realized we have to kind of. Step back from that. Those comments. Yeah, it is what's mm-hmm. going to be. What it's going to be. People will always bitch and moan. Always, always, mm-hmm. always. Even if with films like uh, you know, I feel like Blade Runner is a perfect film. I think it's the one of the best science fiction films ever made. Right. There's people mm-hmm. who think it's it's totally boring and worthless. Um, mm-hmm. and they'll talk about that, saying, "Oh, I wouldn't." Blade Runner's terrible. Um, so you're never yeah. gonna uh, you're never going to please people, and that's okay. Um, yeah. And I actually I like the I like the engineer lore. Now, do I think that they should explore it more? Probably not. I think that they should leave it to mystery. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, there was leaked photos from Alien Covenant, and it showed a, a burned-out um, engineer world, and it looked like uh, engineer people who were frozen in time from ash or something, like Pompeii. Um, yes. And, uh, obviously, if we think about it, they're probably the people, the, the crew, the characters in Covenant are going to probably stumble upon this. I'm ex- I can't wait for that. I can't wait for them to yeah. stumble on this old, this old, or this kind of, this society of, of human-like creatures, um, mm-hmm. and what that exploration is going to sound like, uh, yeah. uh, in terms of the music, in terms of the silence, in terms of how that's going to be. Um, and if you think about even um, what when we've discovered, like in our own human history, like the Anastasi Indian ruins on the sides of mountains, where mm-hmm. there's all these ruins of these 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 villages on the sides of mountains, but the people were gone, and there's no right. there's no they. There's no accounting for where they went or what happened to them. Um, right. I yeah. love that. I love that. That that's good mm-hmm. science fiction to me. Um, yeah. So absolutely. that's something that is really really excites me about Alien Covenant. Yeah, and there was a leaked uh, image of Daniels and another character at the bottom of that slope where all the charred bodies were. Um, yeah. So they definitely explored, but they look. They're looking around. They have their weapons pointed. They're looking around. Um, they looked kind of like scared or yeah. like they heard something or saw something. Um, so I don't know. Um, I think that that part is going to be, I really believe that's going to be one of the more mysterious parts of the film um, that we're not going to get. And probably, and thankfully, probably not going to get, um, you know, big, you know, we're going to have a lot of questions, but not really a lot of answers. It's a lot of um, yeah. ways to interpret what happened. Um, I think that's awesome. You know, I yeah. think, uh, you know, if done right, you know, so there's there's certain ways you can present mystery and ask questions in films that's great, and then there's other ways that it's just terrible, you know, that, you know, if it's just, like, you know, why are you painting that snake? I know I keep bringing it up. No, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. From previous, but, you know, just, uh, um, you know, or just, you know, other films where they just, you know, just head scratching, like, why are they doing that? But, you know, there's other things like, oh, I wonder, wonder what happened. You know, what is that? Yeah. What is that space jockey creature? What is the backstory? I mean, what happened to this yeah. thing? Um, and where did they come from? Or where was it going? And, you know, just, um, and then you can just, just so much you can ponder about that. But that's what I love about it. Uh, the Alien series. That's the best parts of the totally. series. Yeah. And the best science fiction asks good questions. They do not answer them. They ask them. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, I, I, and that's something, I mean, I don't, who knows what Ridley Scott listens to or if he reads things or if he listens to podcasts. I don't know. Um, right, yeah. The What made Alien great is that it asked some great questions and it presented us with some, some uh, like the derelict, the space jockey, the eggs. Where did those eggs come from? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Where did the space jockey yeah. come from? We don't know. We still really don't know where the space jockey came from or the story of the derelict. Um, right. And coming up with those answers and and discussing those answers, that's what excites me. Right. Like great science fiction is that is is about those. Great science fiction is not about creatures and and ships. Um, mm-hmm. It's about asking profound questions um, that right. make, and those questions also reflect back on us and it makes us mm-hmm. ask questions as, as, well, who are we as, 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 as like a, a, a human species? Where do we belong? Right. Where will we explore? Like right. what yeah. will our legacy be? Um, that's what draws me into 
into mm-hmm. the Alien series. I mean, probably more Blade Runner has has asked those questions, but really, um, that's what excites me about seeing Covenant is right. exploring those questions again. Um, yeah. What do we do in times of trauma? What do we do when we're when we're um, when we're we're up against a creature we've never seen, or something, some type of creature is threatening our lives, or our own creation is threatening our lives. You know. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I th- that's we we don't know what we'll do, and so we kind of watch. The, we make these films, and we watch these films as a as a what if. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So let's go back to the trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So the next trailer thing we see, oh, yeah. the next thing we see, uh, was quickly was the um. The, the covenant yeah. flying through the space over the planet. Um, that looked great. That was a beautiful shot. It was a beautiful shot. It's very Prometheus esque. Yeah. I mean, it's similar yeah. colors and everything. And uh, to be honest with you, the only thing that I was a little bit disappointed with with the trailer, maybe not so much the trailer itself, but was the design of the covenant ship. I just felt like yeah, uh, it just it didn't seem doesn't seem like anything to me. It just seems like this long thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Discovery in uh, 2001, which is a good design. The yeah. 2001 Space Odyssey just kind of this long, yes. um, sort of, it kind, of, kind of had an empty feel to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really totally identify with it, but I mean, oh, it's just a ship. So I yeah, guess, it is, it is. And know? really, it's not so, It's not about the ship. Um, I just, right. I, I will always be in awe of the Nostromo and the towing yes. vehicle and the yeah. Sulaco and how intricate those ships were and how, right. yeah, I, I just, I want, I, I want to design. And also when we saw those films, uh, alien and aliens, um, and you saw those ships traveling, it was this mm-hmm. slow, slow movement. It was right. this ominous, rev, ominous, ominous, is that the right word? Ominous? I don't know. Um, um yeah. <laughs> We'll go imminent, <laughs> ominous, yeah. ominous, not ominous, ominous. <laughs> uh, there's a, an ominous reverence to it where it's just traveling and you hear this low rumble and it's moving past yeah. the screen really slowly. I miss that. Um, so seeing these new ships just, just go woo right by, I feel yeah. like it's missing the reverence. It's missing the reverence That's of true. space travel um, because we don't travel like that yet. Um, so yeah. even though computers can make us travel that quick, quickly and make it seem like, oh, it's just no big deal, it is a big deal. And right, yeah. sh- slow it down a little bit. Show us that. Mm-hmm. Like, like let us see the ship. Um, let us see the wonder of of that kind of technology, even though we're not even there yet. So that's my right, only, yeah. that's my only thing that I wish was a little bit different. Um, kind of like an interstellar. Interstellar have that totally. reverence and that kind of slowness. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I did actually like the inside of the uh, the Covenant ship, though. It kind of it harkened back, I think, a little bit more to the original Alien. It's almost like a mix between the um, the very kind of high tech look of the Prometheus, but it kind of had more of a look of yes. Um, I mean, there's more lights and more a little bit more flash. I mean, they're not going to completely you know, rewind it back to 1979 again. But, I mean, it's um, it's still, look, I thought it looked good. I thought it looked good on the inside. Yeah, I did so. too. I did too. And really, I think, uh, if I, you know, going back, I, I, there's a very utilitarian quality to the interior of the Covenant. Um, mm-hmm. And really, the exterior of it has a very utilitarian quality either. They weren't trying to make a ship that was beautiful. They are trying to make a ship that would get them to where they needed to go. Um, right. Whereas I think before years ago in the late seventies and eighties, when we're designing these things, we're designing something that's oh, it's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's great, it's different. Um, right. But 
if you think about NASA and you think about all of these, um, these, you know, SpaceX now, they design ships that get us where we need to go. They don't design right. ships that are, I mean, they, I think they certainly go for a good design and something that's, um, maybe, what do you call it, uh, aerodynamic, that moves right, through the yeah. wind, moves through space well, mm -hmm. but it's not about making a gorgeous ship, it's about making a ship right. that serves its purpose. Yeah, it's not about flying first class to this place, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, trying to get you to where you need to go safely and the best way possible, but it's not about, it's not about, like, the comfort and the glitz and all that, you know, um, you know, some sci-fi movies do that, but that just, that kind of takes me out of it a little bit, you yeah. know, as opposed to, like, Star Wars or something like that, that yeah. or Alien that has the very more, much more realistic lived-in feel. Yeah. Of those, um, of those settings. So yeah. yeah, and that's the main thing I think with Covenant that I'm I'm looking forward to is that lived-in feel again because Prometheus was uh, without that lived-in feel. Everything was new. All the everything mm -hmm. was new. I mean, the clothes they were wearing were new. The 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 ship looked brand new. Nothing seemed like it had been around for a long time. Now of course right. the argument is oh well it's a billion a trillionaire or whatever and they can afford all this great stuff and that's very true but I don't really. Unless I'm going into, like, an office space, most mm -hmm. everything in this world looks used or lived in, you know? Right, And yeah. that doesn't mean it looks dirty and dingy. It just looks lived in, you know? Right, um, yeah. And that's some of the problem with even you see a lot of period films that are made. Like, I saw this film called Brooklyn, um, which mm -hmm. I couldn't even watch the film because every... Out every costume everyone was wearing looked like they just walked out of the costume shop and put it on. Right. Like nothing seemed authentic mm -hmm. or lived in. Um, right. And if you're going to make me believe that what is happening is a plausible reality or possible reality, make it look lived in. Um, and that's what yeah. Star Wars did in spades. And some of the, mm -hmm. the, the, the reaction to the prequel trilogy was no one could identify with anything because nothing seemed lived in. Nothing felt born right, or yeah. used. Um, and that aids in character development, too. Let's believe that these people are who they say they are and that they're space. I mean, you think about aliens and even the um, the small details, like when Hicks is strapping up his shin with this, with his armor or whatever, and there's pictures of, I think there's some naked ladies, or but there's some sayings. But it was like, no, this is, mm -hmm. this is who their character is. They're Marines, yeah. and they've been out doing what they're doing for a long time. And, yeah. Um, you know, they've probably been away from their families or their wives or, you know, they've been celibate yeah. or whatever. And so they they put post stuff up that reminds them of home or reminds them of beautiful yeah. women or whatever, you know. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. Um, but I, I feel like Covenant, uh, right away I get the sense of lived in, uh, this lived in space, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna keep playing the trailer. So we're yeah. seeing them. We're seeing them go down on the planet, and they're strapped in. And um, there's a moment where they're they're all holding tight, and it reminds me a little bit of Aliens when they're going down right. on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the next scene of, and this is a, a big deal, sort of. Yeah. Uh, where you see the Covenant ship door, or the whatever the the drop ship that they're using to go onto the yeah. moon. It opens, and then they're walking, and, and they're looking on the land, and it's this lush, like beautiful. Yeah place and then the next mm -hmm. scene you see a boat step on a spore and yes. yeah those spores go everywhere but then you see one spore that looks a little bit bigger kind of surfing towards through the air towards the ear of this person um, yeah I, yeah that was really interesting you know i read um 
little bit on it, and it looks like the, uh, so this is obviously 10 years later, and I think um, David has incorporated this black goo, whatever it is, into the environment of the planet, and it's starting to affect the planet. So spores don't, um, apparently are not... Um, don't spoil it! There's something... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. Right. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was just uh, well. Okay, I'll, yeah, I won't say anymore. <laughs> but uh, but that, that was a really cool shot, you know. So that's yeah. uh, that kind of you kind of have to wonder like what uh, what um, and it might tie into what we saw at the beginning of the trailer and just um, you know what's going to happen. Yes. And, um, so yeah, um, but yeah, and it's it's again we discussed this before, but it's a very you know, we, we're used to aliens coming out of eggs, um, and obviously they're, they're exploring a different way of reproduction, and um, how maybe uh, whatever life is on this planet, how it's affecting uh, other creatures on this planet, because if this planet right. is lush and green, there's probably other animals. That's an interesting thing, too, that if this is a lush planet... What do the other animals look like on this planet? Are they mm-hmm. are they Earth-like animals? Are they not? You know, um, yeah, I'm interested yeah. to see what they're going to do with that. Is it going to be like Pandora? Ho- ho- hopefully not. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, not that I don't like Pandora. I do enjoy Pan- uh, Avatar for what it is, but I just I'm not, right, interested, yeah. I'm not interested in seeing creatures like that. Um, but yeah. yeah, like what what's the creature department come up with in terms of of, of, of natural life on this mm-hmm. very lush, uh, mountainous, grassy planet? Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, but also, you know, and and I'll skip a little bit ahead. Obviously, there's a scene in the trailer where um, Billy Crudup's character approaches an egg that's just opened. Um, but here's a good question that I that no one's talking about. And you remember in Aliens, um, uh, they talk about the eggs, and then Ripley says, "But who's laying these eggs?" Yes. So here's yeah. the question. Are these eggs, and if they are eggs, are they being laid, or are bodies being transmorphed into these eggs? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. a, that's a big question. Where are these eggs coming yeah. from? Um, and what if it's Shaw? What if Shaw has oh, been yeah. transmorphed into some kind of fucked up alien creature, and she's producing these spores? Um, yeah. And it's oh, not really her, but it is her. It. Um, and you can kind of see her face, but you can't see her face. And she's not Shaw, but it looks like her. But her body's all trans, like, right? Just yeah. disfigured and elongated and bulbous. Yeah, right. That's fucking gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of options there. Um, yeah, I mean, just imagine like Daniel's walking into this room, and she's just you see Shaw in this grotesque form, just like <laughs> you know, just kind of, like, like freaky, like. Yeah, just like producing these, they look like egg, like the traditional eggs, but it's, they're off a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that would just. Maybe oh, Shaw's the first queen, you know? Possibly, yeah. Um, and yeah. maybe, like, or, maybe. Or produces the first queen. Yeah. yeah. So. And maybe yeah. um, Daniels walks up and she sees this face, what she thinks is a face, and it's admired in all this other stuff. And she yeah. like, maybe she thinks these branches. What are all this stuff? Then she realizes these aren't branches. It's her body. Um, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like oh, um, that's where yeah, my mind goes. That again, that like that 
that what we were talking about earlier, like our body transforming and kind of we don't have control of what's happening. And yes. um, I love yeah. the idea that uh, Shaw has is now a stooge of or was a stooge of uh, David and his experience, yeah. his experimentation. He just was like he opened an entire can of or whoop ass no of uh, uh, <laughs> a, a, a black ooze which I don't really yeah. know if I like that to be honest with you I, the black ooze has been done in the X-Files I hope they don't push right. that any further I hope that was the last we saw of it in Prometheus but if they talk about it maybe he did maybe he dumped an entire urn on her or something and she right, it yeah. just ravaged her and turned her into this like queen ant type thing I don't know yeah yeah right yeah it's like yeah I'll take you back to the, you know the engineer homeworld and just put my head back together and then uh then yeah. i'll dump this black goo on you yeah 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 oh yeah you're screwed yeah but just uh but yeah that's just uh yeah, just the thought of like what they can do with her character um and um yeah it'll just be i'm just really looking forward to seeing that um and maybe they'll leave it pretty mysterious. We'll yes. see. I don't know. I hope so, too. So. I do. I really do. I don't want an explanation. I don't want David to explain what happened to Shaw. Um, I think I just want us to, if, if, if what we suspect happens to Shaw happens to her, I want it to be like we've gathered as much because of what we're right. seeing. Not like David was like, yes, well, um, Shaw came down with me, and then I decided to do this. And then I, No, don't tell us that. Show us. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, right. The best stories show us. They don't have. They don't show. Yeah. They don't like my old uh, video teacher Jennifer Reeder from Columbia College years ago. And this is kind of crass, but she would say, "Don't just show us that you're fucking and tell us. Either show us or tell us. Don't do both." Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that was just for filmmaking, though, and for the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really true, you know. And I think mm-hmm. that was a little bit part of Prometheus's problem was uh, they were showing and telling at the same time, like, oh, yeah. Prometheus, what is this? We don't know what it is. We're wondering yeah, those same yeah. things. You don't have to tell us what is this. <laughs> or do you see what's happening? Yes, we see what's happening. It's a movie, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you watching this? No, they're not watching this because yeah. that, that video feed isn't working. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might, might as well have just broken the fourth wall. I'm like, hey, you in the audience. Are you seeing this right now? <laughs> you know what's going on? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> now, it's one thing um, if, like, like in Aliens, where they're uh, exploring the hive in the colony or whatever, and they're in some crazy area where all, there's all the alien, you know, like, hive stuff on the walls or whatever. And yeah, they, And yeah. they're like, and the, their Marines are like, oh my God, are you seeing this? Like, because they're yeah, freaked yeah. out. That's a different mm-hmm. thing. Um, right. Uh, it, yeah, and that whole sequence had a lot of silence to it, too. It did. Um, it did. Yeah. It, was, it was told through music and exploration, not through talking. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And that's what mm-hmm. Prometheus, there was just so much exposition. Talk, 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 talk. And then at the end, yeah. Idris Elba's character saying, oh, this place is a, it's a military <laughs> operation. You don't know that. <laughs> don't stop telling us everything like we wanted to know. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me. <laughs> Um, oh man, yeah. Like this crack. I remember seeing, hearing that in the theater. I, I think I was seeing it with my dad, but I was thinking, of, I, I don't know if I said that or just thought to myself, like, dude, he just nailed it with, like, he just, like, full on just explained the whole thing, like, yeah. right then. Yeah. Like, and he's just been, like, chilling in the, in, like, the cabin, like, the captain area the whole time. And all, all of a sudden comes down, like, yeah. some, like, bioweapon thing, like, you know. Like, he found uh, some manuscript like, you know, and he just read it. 
Right, yeah, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or, like, manual. Oh, that's what this place is. It's a military installation. Oh, okay, okay, I'm going to go tell Shaw. Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. But, yeah, like, Anyways. I mean, that's the great thing about Alien is you didn't know why that derelict was on LV-426. You don't know why it was there. Um, right, we don't know what yeah. happened. We don't know why it crashed. Obviously, mm-hmm. it probably did. Maybe there, there was obviously an alien inside the the guy, and, and it, it it exploded, and uh, it crashed down to the planet. Um, yeah. And if you know, that's that we wondered that, and we probably assessed that. That's that's all I'm yeah. you know. And I think these directors too, and these people who then re, who who come back to these stories, and they're like, oh well, you know, what about the in in um. You know, Ridley Scott has said recently, he goes, you know, in all these other sequels they did, no one ever answered the question, who was that guy in the chair? And no one answered the question because it wasn't, we're happy with the question. We're, we don't need an right. answer to it. Um, and I think that's part of the, the, the you know, George Lucas had uh, was mired in similar things where these directors, they come back to this work and they want to explore more territory in these stories, but they're asking the wrong questions. Um and they're right. then they're they're demystifying something that had beautiful mystery to it. Um, yeah, like the midi chlorians, you know, and <laughs> in Revenge of the Sith or something. Yes, yeah. totally, so, totally, um, totally. You know, and I remember that that drew a lot of ire from people. Like, yeah. why did he throw that in the series? Like, it just took away so much of the mystery of the Force. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, like, there's a shot actually. Coming up in the trailer, or we might have already passed it, but it's um, it shows another derelict. Looks like it crashed. Yes, it's probably the one that Sean David took to get there, and it doesn't look like it landed well. And so there might be some some mystery behind what happened there. Why did it, why did it crash? I mean, I figured if David, you know, David would be able to fly it and land it cleanly in a nice, like, safe area, that doesn't look like that's what happened. So. Um, yeah, so I'm really interested to see or have the, that mystery um, present itself in the film. Totally. And, uh, yeah. And I so. love the, the, the visual of it raining, and they're exploring this mm-hmm. thing in the rain, and the, the idea that rain covers up sound. So mm-hmm. they're in this ship, and it's covering up sound. So mm-hmm. we don't know, and it's probably dark and dank and wet, and who knows? And then you see, yeah. and then you see um, Daniel's find a dog tag and people are presuming that dog tag is Shaw's dog tag. What if that's the scene where that dog tag is actually attached to Shaw? Um, oh, and yeah. the camera just hasn't panned up yet. You know, um, oh. there's, there's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of uh, possibility there. Um, so it was, it was a good setup and you know, it's, I, I really, this is the first time that there's been kind of a, an exploration of a derelict since alien. Of course they got right. in the ship in Prometheus, but it was very different. The ship wasn't crash landed. This, an alien, the ship, or in Covenant, it's much like Alien, where the ship has crash-landed on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. Uh, so, this, there's, there's a little bit of a reflection there, but I, I'm fine with that. I am. Um, I'm yeah. fine with, uh, 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 it's not, uh, I, I feel like it's just what happened in the story. It's not like, oh, hey, we're setting this up again just like this. Um, right, yeah. And again, if the character is strong, if Daniels is a good character, if she's, if I'm rooting for her, I'm fine that she's going into a derelict and exploring. But it's right. also on a very different planet. They're, they're, they don't have suits on. Um, it's breathable air. Um, yes. And yeah. by, probably by the time they've gone to the derelict, they've discovered, hey, we're getting a, 
a, a human signal from this planet or something. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So I'm going to... Uh, we've talked about quite a bit, and okay, this is them. There's a shot of them, of a bunch of people walking, like, looks like they're walking up, um, and there's broken trees, and looks like they're approaching the derelict. Um, yeah. Or a derelict. Um, it is a great shot, too. It's really, yeah. it's it's mm -hmm. a really um, atmospheric shot. Um, and then, and I can't tell if, um, I can't tell if, uh, the scene, the next scene is Billy Crudup approaching a spore. Um, and yes. the spore opening. Yeah. And I don't know if that's inside the, uh, the, the craft or where is it, to be honest with you. I yeah. mean, maybe that spore is, was Shaw, you know? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, and she kind of continue and from her continues on the next evolution of the, this alien life cycle, which um, which will ultimately lead to what we'll see at the beginning of Alien. Um, but yeah, just uh, I really like that. You know, Billy Crudup looking in. It looks it looks different, similar but different to the eggs we're used to. And you yeah. have an image of not you have David kind of way back in the corner. Yeah. Um, or it could be Walter. I don't know, but it's uh, you know I'm not sure Billy. Crudup's character even notices him there, or if he's knows that he's there, but it's just very mysterious. Um, and then I think you mentioned that um, you know there's these quick people taking quick snapshots of what happened. It might not even be Billy Crudup's character that gets yes this face hugger. Um, yeah, it could be someone else exploring a, a spore right in front of him or right around right. him, and they cut to that scene. So we're assuming oh, it's Billy Crudup who gets the the, the face hugger on him. You know, right? Yeah, and um, it could be. I mean, maybe it's James Franco's character. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't see anything of him. Um, Daniels calls Crudup's character captain. I thought that Franco's character was the captain, but I think you mentioned he might just be the pilot. But yeah. then I thought McBride's character was the pilot, so I wasn't sure. Or there could exactly. be several pilots. So, you know, I mean, that's if true. You, yeah. If you think about the Nostromo, they were all sort of piloting the Nostromo. Um, yeah, yeah. They had different roles, but they are all piloting, so I wouldn't be that wouldn't be too far fetched. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so of course, then and I do love this this quiet scene. I do love in this trailer. There's this quiet moment of Billy Crudup staring into the egg, and this yeah. egg looks just like the egg from Alien, and it's moving yeah. similar. And you can tell that they got the insides of the sheep like they did for Alien, um, because mm -hmm. that's what they lined it with, like sheep, right. sheep stomach and all that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just, it's a really, really, really great moment. And then you just see mm -hmm. kind of Walter or David or whoever staring off in the, and quietly right. in the dark. And that's creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then... Um... Let's see, I think the next scene is the Covenant ship getting there's gets exploded and there's a shot of uh of Walter or David walking up in a in a cloak and it looks like he's holding some kind of weapon. Yes. Um I thought that was really interesting, is that um in really all these shots, I don't know if it's Walter or David. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, but is this David keeping people from leaving? Um, is this Walter trying to save um, from an infection? I, I don't know. It's um, it'll be. I'm, I'm just really looking forward to seeing how they what they do with that. 
um, and how it plays out in the movie. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, may, it would make sense a little bit that David is kind of David really is the um, David is really the alien. David is that is is the threat. The creation is more the threat than the creatures. The creatures just end up making things worse. But David is the right. one who's after them. Um, yes. For, yeah. for whatever for whatever reason we don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and then there's someone burning alive in that. And I think it's the shuttle for the covenant. I don't think it's the actual covenant. I think it's a shuttle. Oh, right. It's like a drop ship or something. Um, so it's interesting because I think about like, well, then the big ship is still in the sky. Um, yeah. So what does that mean? Is there another shuttle? Like, what what does this mean for people who are then stranded on this planet? Um, if that's right. the case, I don't know. This is just all speculation on my part. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, David approaches, and then there's a scene of, uh, looks like Ferris or someone shooting shooting at an, an alien um, behind a net. Um, yeah. You can't really make it out. Like, I've just, actually, just right now, I've uh, uh, expanded the, oh, shoot, um, the, uh, the image, yeah, the image just to see. see. Yeah, I can see a part of it. I can see legs. I can see sort of a head. Um, and yeah, something on the back, right but really, there. you can't see it. You can't see it. They're not going to reveal it. Right, yeah. You can hear the scream, you know, the, uh, you yeah. know, that kind of yeah. in the background. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't really, couldn't really see quite what it was. Um, but uh, I'm thinking it was a continuation of that opening scene. Yeah. Uh, whatever came out of the guy's back. Yeah, she um, then it runs out, and, and and that's what trailers do. They're cutting it. There's right, you know, there yeah. could be a scene from the beginning posted at the end of the trailer, um, just to kind of give us the sense of hey, there's a lot of stuff happening, and we're showing you I- images of a lot of those things happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got the one of my favorite quick shots of Damon McBride. Um, he's either he's kind of hunched over. He's either just terrified and feeling. Um, just sick, or he, or there's something going on. He got infected, or something. He just doesn't look like he's doing well. Yeah, um, yeah. And, um, yeah. and he might be a character where he doesn't, he's not feeling well. But he tries to hide it, kind of like Holloway. Um, and he he doesn't want to admit that he's not doing well. But then you know it keeps getting worse, and eventually, um, you know. All hell, I don't know what I guess all hell already broke loose, but he's probably um, eventually going to succumb to whatever happens. Yeah. Um, I hope Danny McBride's character survives. I don't know anything about him. I just hope he survives. That moment, I just uh, did a freeze frame of it uh, or a screen capture of it. I don't know, but I just, I'm like, please survive, please. I, yeah. I, I, I'm rooting for him, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I, he just, I there's so much heart in that image. I'm excited to see him in this dramatic role, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think he's going to do a good job. He got a lot of, a lot of crap initially when they, when he found out he's hired. A lot of people like, oh my gosh, getting McBride, come on. Like, yeah. But I was like, no, I think so many comedians do great in dramatic um, serious roles, and uh, I think he's going to do a great job. I think he's going to be one of the favorite characters in the movie. Yeah, so I, I would agree. I would agree. I think we're really yeah. going to have a good cast of characters. I think they're going to be people yeah. we're talking about. Hopefully, they've got some good lines, not just good one-liners, but just some good lines, some good banter, some yeah. some things that we can quote. Um, and right. Really, yeah. Uh, 
No, the residents from the residents from the Alien films, Alien and Aliens, certainly Alien Three, but I'm again, I'm just taking, sticking with the two most popular. Uh, we, right. we, quote, we quote from them. We quote Parker. We quote. We quote Brett. Um, mm-hmm. Not because what they're saying is particularly um, new, but it's mm-hmm. it just makes their character who they are. That kind of that right, you know how Brett would be, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, it's like what are you, what is he a parrot? You know, yeah. uh, and he goes, "What do you mean, parrot?" And he goes, "Right." Um, and yeah. again, that's really small banter, but we remember it. Uh, yeah, we remember yeah. it because we've invested in them. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's yeah. so that's what I want to happen with Danny McBride's character and Daniel's character, and maybe even Franco's character, who we probably won't see until the film. I mean, maybe they'll show Franco's character in the theatrical trailer. Um, yeah. But uh, which I I wonder if they'll probably release a theatrical trailer in March. I'm thinking. Um, right. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So towards the end, we're just kind of getting through it. Um, there's a lot of running, um, and a, there's this girl at the end, of, towards the end of the trailer, with twenty sec, twenty one seconds left. There's a girl screaming loudly. Yeah. I don't know if she's in pain or what's happening, but it's a terif- right. It's a terrifying scream. Um, yeah. And then the camera's yeah, backing away from a corridor, and you see something laying on the ground in this corridor. And I don't know if it's a human body or what kind of body it is, but it's a pretty freaky oh. thing. Like, I can't wait to be submerged or submerged in darkness through, for yes. this film and just let this shit unfold. I want to be scared. Right. I'm ready to be scared again. Dude, yeah, I cannot wait to be in a the dark theater seeing this movie with sound cranked up and everything. It's just going to be... I think it's going to be a great experience. So, absolutely. Um... But then, obviously, we get to the, the very end of the trailer when she's getting a lot of uh, old heads reactions. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a shower scene. I think, um, you know, there's... Uh, I think at first I saw it, and it's kind of like, ah, it's kind of... Um, kind of like this generic... Kind of gave this generic slasher movie feel. But I, haven't, I really believe now that um, that, that was fully and intentionally put in there almost like a tongue in cheek type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, uh, maybe not the best decision in the world, but still, um, but I didn't really have as much of a problem. I mean, it was a minor, it's probably the only thing in the trailer I had a minor problem with. Um, yeah. Otherwise I thought this was like almost, uh, just a no per no perfect trailer. Yeah. It's a great trailer for the film, but, um, yeah, you know, just it kind of had this. It was still kind of uh, intense, but kind of that B movie slasher feel to it. Yeah. And um, um, but yeah, I just I just really didn't mind it. Some people just wrote off the whole trailer because of it. Yeah, um, And uh, I was just really surprised by that because there's so much good in it too. Well, at least I thought there was a lot of good in it. Yeah. Um, I think so too, and and the shower scene really is. I mean, there's the there's that trope in slasher films where the yeah. pretty girl is taking her clothes off or whatever, and there's the killer right behind her, or the killer in the same room, and yes. you know what, people, the same thing happened in Alien. Um, where yeah, Sigourney Weaver is this beautiful woman. And she's finally feeling safe and secure, and she starts taking her clothes off. And she's not taking mm-hmm. her clothes off because she's about to have sex with anyone, or because she it's this, like, oh, let's be sexual. She's taking her clothes off because she's feeling comfortable. Um, right. But at the same time, what's happening is, in that moment, she's also vulnerable. So, mm-hmm. with this, this shower scene is the same kind of thing, where... 
people have still have sex in showers. People still make out in showers. It happens. Um, yeah. Uh, all, everywhere. It's not like, oh, this never happens. It happens. Um, now, it's a trope we have seen over and over and over and over again. I will say my yeah. favorite moment from that scene, and yeah, you see the, the, the tail creep up, and um, the, you see actually the alien's hand on glass or something like that behind mm-hmm. it. You see those metal teeth kind of yeah showing themselves a little bit but my favorite moment in that scene is all of a sudden all this blood comes yeah flies all over all the girl and she's just like that scene is really intense that little yeah um so i I, i'm okay with it really i mean these films have their tropes um but really it's how Mm -hmm. they tell the story it's not so much um you know it's it's how they're going to do this it's how they're going to show this and really that scene probably is going to be recut um yeah, yeah. It might mm-hmm. not be, uh, and I think the tail coming through the legs looked a little weird to me. Actually, the tail looked odd. It didn't look quitely, didn't look quite rendered enough or something. I don't really know the tail. There's something strange about that tail, and obviously it was a throwback to the tail coming between Lambert's leg and Alien. Yeah, um, yeah. And and mm-hmm. that's fine with me. I mean, I, that's fine. Um, and at the same time, too, you have these creatures who are being born from humans. Um, what if it's curious? You know, mm-hmm. what if it's yeah. watching these these other human creatures, you know, do their thing in the shower, and it's like, oh, interesting, or not thinking interesting, but I mean, you think about right. you think about um, Alien, Born. and then Jonesy in that little basket, and the creature just looking in the basket, like, what is this thing? You know, right. yeah. So this isn't beyond yeah. the realm of possibility or impossibility or implausibility. Um, Maybe uh, it really just wanted to do a three-way, and uh, <laughs> they kind of rejected them, and yeah. uh, that's when it got pissed off. It realized, oh, the three-way with the man isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. But it does work. Yeah. <laughs> um, you yeah. get rid of the man first. I know. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so I, I really, and like you said, throwing out the trailer for, um, throwing out everything out based off one, you know, three-second, five-second shot in the, in the trailer I, I, right, it's just yeah. ridiculous. It really is. I, I think you need to yeah. give the whole thing just uh, uh, it's another go, or the, give the film a chance. See the film, yeah. and if you hate it, talk about it, and then we'll we can discuss it. But don't throw it out, throw the baby out with the bathwater because you didn't like one moment in a trailer. I mean, yeah. there's been plenty. Of, okay, interesting thing. Um, people have been cutting the trailer for Covenant. Uh, much like they cut the trailer for Prometheus. And this is the strangest thing to me because I I was reading some comments and someone said, wow, seeing the trailer cut like that makes me really excited about this movie. So you're cutting the trailer of, you're cutting this trailer that you don't like the same way of a trailer for Prometheus, a movie you didn't like, but you love the trailer for Prometheus. Now you love the trailer for Covenant. Um, So it's this weird thing like, again, what do people want? Um, but yeah, it really yeah. also tells you that setting, but I think Fox, if they were to go the same route and use that siren and do the same thing, um, yeah. people would say, oh, wait a minute, this is the exact same way the Prometheus trailer was edited. That means the film's going to be shit. So Fox <laughs> yeah. said, this time, let's not do that. Let's go a different route. Let's use a song. Let's, 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 let's change it up. And now people are like, oh no, but let's cut it like Prometheus. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never saw that recut trailer. Um, you should check it out. It's good. Is it like the siren and all siren that? Siren and everything. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. 
Um, yeah, I'll check it out. And yeah. no doubt, the trailer for Prometheus was amazing. I mean, that mm-hmm. was that was an intense experience in that last moment where you hear Shaw scream and you see that big leg of the of the engineer standing it in front of her, and of course, it's like almost nine feet tall or seems almost nine yeah, feet tall. yeah. That was impactful and legit. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah I mean, foxes really—they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. Um, uh, and but at the same time, they're they're dealing with a fan base who have not gotten a good film since arguably 1986. Um, even though right. even though I love Alien Three, it still didn't make any much money, and it was it was it was panned by critics, and it didn't wasn't attended by audience. So arguably, there hasn't been good, a good Alien film since 1986 in terms of like the uh, the overall response to the film. Um, right. So this is it for them. Um, and if this film can land it, then that means we'll probably get Blomkamp's film. Yeah, I um, hope so, man. Yeah, and really in so. closing, really, because we've been talking for an hour and 40 minutes, this is what I, I, I've been thinking a lot about reverence and um, the loss of reverence. I, I, really feel like, I really feel like audiences have lost their reverence for films. I think growing up in the 80s um, and in the early 90s, there was this going to see a film was this thing that was like, oh, wow, we're going, we're spending the money and we're going to go to this theater and we're going to sit down. And there was this sense of awe and wonderment still. Now, with technology being at our hand, you know, at, at a hand's length, you can watch a movie on your phone. You can right. call somebody or ch- chat with someone and or watch a trailer or watch this video. That that sense of reverence for, for that kind of entertainment is really disappearing. And I really feel like that sense of reverence from studios is also disappearing too. And I feel like that lack of reverence was very evident in Prometheus, even though there were some really great things presented in it. I don't feel like even Ridley Scott had reverence for his material. It felt thrown together. It felt like, Oh yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. Um, and it wasn't, and you could tell by the, the, the amount of exposition that there's just, there's no reverence. And I feel like if audiences are going to be won back, if directors and movie studios want to win us back, then treat your audience with reverence. And so then we can then treat you with reverence. Um, right. Give us something good. And, and I, I also think that technology in terms of um, CGI, you can do anything in CGI. So everything's lost its, spe- its, its specialness. Um, right. Because you can make crazy dragons. You can make anything. You can do anything. Um, mm-hmm. So if you can do anything, nothing's val- nothing's of value anymore. And so what right. becomes of value is, oh, we did this practically. Oh wow, you did yeah. it practically. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, whoa, this is amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really what's going to bring the reverence back. Whereas it's not just, even though I know computer animators, they work really hard and they're amazing at their craft. Um, uh, I, and I honor that I do, but it is not the same thing as doing it practically where you have to work right. it out. How's this going to work in camera? How are we going to now, what string is this going to pull down here? Or we have to make sure that this part over here isn't seen. So the audience mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't see it. You know, there, there's something to be said for that. Um, yeah. and losing that has also been losing the reverence for films. Um, right. and alien covenant has to be reverent. We have to be reverent mm-hmm. of it. Um, and right Absolutely. now, the response to the trailer isn't a reverent response. It's a, I don't know, I don't know, it looks yeah, like yeah. shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and I agree. And you even touched on it just a little bit with that uh, that tail coming between the legs. It didn't look right, you know. It obviously wasn't a practical effect. Yeah. Um, it just had this, uh, 
just very kind of thick quality to it. And I mean, obviously, I got a few months to clean that up or maybe just use a fully practical shot. But, yeah. uh, but overall, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. They, they need to bring it, make it feel real. And, um, you know, just so much, um, just too much computer. It's just not there yet where we feel like it's, where it has this tangible quality. Um, it just doesn't yet. Um, but it's getting, I think it's getting, it keeps getting better. Oh yeah. They used it, um, you know, quite a bit in Rogue One. I mean, a lot of practice, practical stuff in Rogue One too, but, uh, you know, they used the fully CGI, um, Tarkin and Princess Leia and uh, yeah. it's getting better. And yeah. it's, um, but I think, um, but I think it needs, still needs to be used, um, you know, only when, when necessary, um, you know, but I do believe in practical and, and that, that just that real quality. Yeah. Um, I think it's easier for the actors to the bring a more believable performance to if, um, yeah, if it's just, uh, if it's more, if it's real, realistic. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, even in Rogue One, like actually I thought Tarkin was spot on. Um, yeah. And, uh, Really, I did. I didn't have one problem with Tarkin. I thought Leia was a little bit, a little bit stiff. Like you could tell, there's a little bit of an elongation of her face, just a tiny little bit, just enough to tell me that's not really her. Um, right. But it didn't matter. It was so quick. I was like, oh my god, it's Leia, and she's young, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, but so yeah. I mean, I, uh, I guess in closing, I, I, that's my my hope is that uh, we can approach uh, Covenant uh, with reverence. And it can approach us with reverence um, and with respect. And no amount of of chest bursting, back bursting, whatever, is going to make it a good yeah. film. Uh, what's going to make it a good film is kind of equal and mutual respect. So. Right, yeah. Yeah. Although if there's a lot of ball bursting, then I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the, the, just the yeah. word, the, that term, disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, folks, that's really, we just wanted to kind of hash out the trailer kind of moment for moment and uh, give you more in-depth and detailed thoughts. And um, we still have the, the um, Blade Runner trailer to discuss and many things around that. Obviously, we're an alien an alien um, universe podcast, and that's what we do 98% of the time. But being at Ridley Scott and this kind of, almost the same universe maybe uh we do discuss blade runner every so often and we're gonna kind mm -hmm. of vote a a podcast to the blade runner trailer and to some of the news that's going on with that um we'll probably litter it with some alien stuff as well but uh thanks for joining us and uh yeah for listening this is a long podcast for us um but we feel like that you guys are worth it and it's worth really dissecting this stuff and uh talking about what we're seeing and what it might mean and um, that usually what we're seeing has more meaning than just what we're seeing, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So I, yeah, I really enjoyed getting to talk more about it and, uh, yeah, hopefully everyone listening enjoyed it and, uh, really looking forward to seeing what the, the further promotion marketing and, um, there's going to be a lot to talk about over the next few months. Absolutely. And, uh, it's a really, really exciting time being an alien fan. For absolutely. Sure. So thanks guys for listening. All right. Thank you.